This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Today, we've been joined by Dave Ford, founder and CIO of Ford Asset Management. He's also been the portfolio manager on the Ned Group Investments Stable Fund since inception in 2007. Thank you for joining us today, Dave. Hello, Rob. Hello, Ned Group. Good to be here. Great. Thank you. So let's start by chatting about SA and and the local economy, and, and maybe we can get your views on few of the statements that have come from the Treasury recently that paint a fairly bleak picture for the SA economy over the next 12 to 18 months and perhaps even beyond that. Yeah, what's happening is that uh, Peter Mboweni has got a different style to Proven Gordon. Proven Gordon was um, promising big and getting the numbers in the future and making assumptions which made the numbers look good and Tito's got the hospital pass, but it's in his nature to and be more practical, straight up front, he's been more realistic in his assumptions. And as soon as you become more realistic in your assumptions, you need to guide that things aren't, uh, aren't, aren't that rosy. Um, and he's correctly identified that the expenditure side in, that in the government finances that needs to be addressed um, because of the standard thing that you're seeing in all the SOEs of, of lots of employment. Um, and it's very easy to hire people, but not so easy to let them go. So you're getting a reaction from the unions, and there's a lot of union strength in South Africa, and there's pushback from the unions. Uh, but this idea that government expenditure, SOE expenditure, needs to drop, and the main area that it needs to be cut back is in wages. Um, and it's, it's part of what the finance ministry's problem is, is for the economy, as they're trying to reduce the overspending, they need to increase taxes, which will be bad for the economy, and or cut government expenditure, which will also be bad for the economy. So we've had about 25 years of tailwinds from increasing employment and increasing wages faster than inflation in municipalities, government, SOEs. And we're starting to see some slowdown in that there's no reversal of it, um, but the, the press is picking up on it. And you're starting to see the battle lines drawn between the unions and Pravin and Tito and, and Cyril, who himself is a unionist. But at least the, Tito's in taking up the challenge. How it all plays out will be very important for, for the economy. So it sound, sounds like you think this will be helpful going forwards. I think it's great. I, I really uh, admire what uh, Tito Mboweni is doing. Um, so I think I think that's helpful. But whether the unions get the upper hand or whether the government uh, in, in enforces lower spending will remains to be seen. And we're seeing the SAA strike. Um, and your know, SAA is, is as big a problem as ESCOM. 56 billion rand has been paid from government coffers into SAA over the last 25 years, and it continues. Do you think it will go down the road of privatization? Well, the unions won't allow the privatization will, will lead to less jobs. So privatization will be good, but it's just a, a way of getting the private sector to do what the government needs to do, and let's cut, cut wasteful expenditure. 
is it actually an attractive business at the end of the day? A lot of airlines have had trouble, um, not just SAA. So it takes quite skillful management to manage an airline, and you can't do it when you when you're in an empowerment company and um, you feel the need to employ people and keep people employed. And the picture we, that's been painted for the SA economy, and, and there's a lot of talk around Moody's downgrade, the potential downgrade. I think there's more of an expectation of a downgrade next next year. Um, what's your view on that, good or bad for SA in general? I think Moody's is out of step. We're, we're going to see an S&P move to watch and then downgrade, and that may even happen before Moody's. So you could get the situation where Moody's is a gap of at least two away from S&P. It's more likely that Moody's will downgrade at some stage in the future, but they've managed to delay that downgrade for some time. I'm not quite sure why. But uh, Moody's is often behind the curve, but I think it's moot point. It's, the downgrade is irrelevant because the markets have decided and they're pricing our debt um, to junk already. So we've moved past that drop. And what? But what about the wall of money that people talk about if if the if the country goes out of the Wigby? Well, some of that's already hedged, um, and it's it's only in forced areas where they would need to to get out of the other bias for that money. I don't think it will be in a bit. I think by the time the Moody's downgrades, there'll be more buyers than sellers. And our bonds are very attractive in the world at 10% with a 4% inflation rate. You can't get 6% real anywhere else in the world. Most places are naught or less. So I take the view that it's already in there. Yes, the government's going to have to borrow a lot more, but the borrowings will be supplied by internal and external sources. There are a lot more players than just people buying investment-grade bonds. Lots of people who buy in investment-grade bonds have to sell them when they get downgraded, but there are lots of people who buy non-investment-grade bonds. And is that the 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 that size of that demand market for our bonds? Then is, is that part of the rationale for being comfortable with the with your position in in bonds in the stable portfolio? Well, our position in bonds in the stable portfolio is is about beating inflation, and we've got 26 percent in the R186, which matures in 2026. So. It's not a long-dated bond. Uh, it's only a seven-year bond, and it's on the waterfall uh, of the curve. So if short rates come down, which they should, then we'll get a capital appreciation over the next three years from that bond, which will take the running yield of 8.5% up towards 10%, which given the inflation rates around about 4 and unlikely to rise above 5 and then over that three-year period, then we'll be achieving 5% uh, Return, but we're not buying. We're not buying the long end of the curve there, but we're achieving our, our mandate, and it and it sits against a lot of the fund is in rand edges, and we have a negative view on the rand, and the, and the rand has been surprisingly strong for reasons which we understand. Um, but if the rand were to strengthen, then those bonds would would do even better and get a seven percent return above inflation. But we're not we're not buying the long end of the curve with it for capital appreciation and things like that. Um, we're just playing the, the technicalities of the the waterfall and the high running yield that we get out of that bond. We have four percent of the fund in the longer data, but only out to 2030, 2035. And in case interest rates do come down, we've taken some call options on the 2048 bond. But that's where there's, there's 
in terms of SA money, that's where the better returns are likely to be on a risk-reward basis. You mentioned there in an earlier statement that short end of the curve is likely to come down. Is that your view on interest rates? Absolutely. They're, wherever you go in the world, when the economy turns down, the currency weakens and the interest rates come down. Now, our Reserve Bank has been holding up interest rates, which has been great for inflation, but not very good for the economy because if the economy is in a bit of trouble, you keep interest rates up, then it ensures that the economy goes into recession. And that's the problem in SA at the moment. Interest rates are way too high for what's happening in the economy, and that's ensuring that the economy is weak. So sooner or later, they're going to cut the short rates, and they should have done it a year ago already. And they're already saying that they're unlikely to do it at this meeting this week. But I think the short rates should be 100, 150 points lower than where they are now, just to match with what's happening in the economy. Okay, thank you. And then last question on, on SA. What, are there any areas of attraction in the SA equity market at the moment? Well, generally, the equity market's priced up because the world uh, with low interest rates, and you've got high interest rates in SA. The prospect for earnings aren't as good, um, but there are pockets of value. Um, we bought... Um, some spur at 22 rand, quite a lot of them. And for the value fund, we bought some Aspen, which we believe will be at the bottom price for, for that stock. And then two or three other mid-cap stocks that we're, um, we're nibbling out, accumulating, because they're getting into value range, and we expect the earnings to, to do better than the, the economy and do better than earnings, uh, than inflation going forward. So we, we're starting to see pockets of uh, opportunity and value appear of it. The market as a whole, which is up about 7% this year, is, is still quite expensive compared with the expectation of earnings, earnings growth. Okay, well, Dave, thanks very much for joining us today and thank you for the performance in 2019 and over the 10 years since the inception of the Stable Fund. Keep up the good work. Appreciate that. We'll continue to get uh, CPI plus 4 plus plus. And, that would be great. Um, we, I believe we were placed to do that the way the structure of the portfolio at the moment. So thank you for your support. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.